This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's time. Time for Silver and Black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back. Tuesday edition of Silver and Black today. An Odyssey original podcast where we talk... Nothing but Las Vegas Raiders. And of course, the aftermath of what was a, just a horrible performance by the Raiders, 24 to nothing losers to the New Orleans Saints on Sunday. We talked about it on the postgame show, and now we talk about it here on our Tuesday edition. And as we do that, always, myself and my partner, my co-host here, that is Maurice Moten. Mo Moten, he is the national NFL reporter for Bleacher Report. He is also a Raiders columnist at sportsnot.com. Follow him on Twitter at Mo Moton, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N as well. Also belated happy Halloween. That was yesterday. It was a house of horrors in New Orleans for the Raiders, uh, Mo. We haven't had a chance to get your reaction yet, but from the top, we just want to get your overall sense for this game, what impression it left on you, and then we'll get into the rest of this segment, some of the key observations from it and what it means to this team. But your initial reaction to what you saw after watching the game film, after you covered the entire league on Sunday. The Raiders by far had the worst performance from Sunday's games that I saw. And, I, and as you said, I, I I take a peek into every game that goes on on Sundays. I'm locked in. Usually I have my takeaways Sunday night. A lot of people read that column. I appreciate that. But watching the Raiders game irritated me simply because <laughs> <laughs> you, you have a Saints squad that didn't have their top cornerback in Marshawn Lattimore. They didn't have their top two receivers in Michael Thomas, who's a, who's a multi-time All-Pro. They didn't have Jarvis Landry, who I believe is a five-time Pro Bowler. Their offensive line had been hit or miss all season. Their defense going into that game was giving up the second most points league-wide. The Raiders didn't cross the 50-yard line until Jared Stidham got in in garbage time. 
that tells you that the performance i don't i don't even have a word to describe it I, i've seen people <laughs> say it's embarrassing i've seen i've used the word disgraceful i don't know what the worst word is a synonym for the word disgraceful but there's a word that you can use that's worse than that i would use that word and to me i wouldn't say that the team gave up on mcdaniels but there's something wrong if you have devon now i know devonta adams had about the flu but according to Adam Schefter, he was feeling better before the game. I didn't see any ill effects from him during the game. He had one catch for three yards. I know Darren Waller didn't play, but guess what? Josh Jacobs was healthy. Matt Collins was healthy. Hunter Renfro was healthy. Foster Moreau was healthy. You had enough to at least score some points on Sunday and didn't do that. And if you didn't score points against a bad defense, you have a problem with those, with those players that you have on the roster. Those offensive weapons, you can't get past the 50-yard line. Something has to change. Yeah, and Mo, it's interesting you say that too because we we didn't talk a whole lot Sunday because you were so busy, but a lot of people, including folks who cover the team, immediately, immediately were indicting the defense for their performance. And again, the defense at times early on, I rewatched the game this morning again, and the defense early on actually played okay. This has always been a work-in-progress defense. Nobody thought this was going to be probably even a top 15 defense or 20 defense, uh, let alone a stellar defense. So they were on the field a lot. I immediately challenged that notion during the game and said, wait a minute, this offense has done nothing and can't stay on the field. You have to play complimentary football, Mo. You cannot expect the defense or an offense to carry a team entirely. They both have to do their jobs. And in this case, I was much harder on the offense because, again, they couldn't stay on the field. They couldn't get past the 50 they couldn't get first downs yet again, and everybody looked like they had their thumb up there. You know what? As some people would say, two things could be true. Yes, the defense hasn't played well, didn't play well yesterday. You couldn't contain Kamar, who scored all three of the Saints' touchdowns. He's the guy, When I'm, I'm guessing, when you're in the film room and you're breaking down the Saints' offense, he's the one guy you say, we can't let this guy take over the game. And they let him take over the game, of course. <laughs> so... No one is saying that the defense played well, but let's be let, let's look at it this way. Even if the Raiders defense had a decent performance and the Raiders defense held the Saints to 10 points, the Raiders would have still lost the game. You know why? Because they didn't score any points. So it doesn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> Even if the defense had played well, unless defense Mo, pitches a unless the defense pitches a shutout, you're still losing that football game. Yeah. And and, th and that's the thing too. I I, I continually so and, and I said this on the postgame show with Murph and Evan and David, Mo was this. Heading into this season, the expectations around the defense were, I thought, where they should be. Hey, look, a lot to prove. You and I talked about it a lot during the summer. Young defensive backfield, some unproven guys. They brought in some better talent, some more uh, experienced, Deron Harmon, uh, guys like that, along with Nate Hobbs. And so, so you look at that and you say, okay, how are they going to be? We're not sure. There was uncertainty there, right? The defensive front still the issue. On offense, though, outside of the right side of the offensive line, this offense was supposed to be a Super Bowl caliber offense. I mean, that's that's what we heard, right? We heard from fans' expectations. We heard from media expectations. We heard all about how this is the best AFC West and the Raiders included in that. And that has not materialized. That offense with those weapons, there's absolutely zero excuses. I, I, I've gotten to the point now where we're going to piss off some fans when we talk about this because I don't care anymore. Don't tell me about who had what coach and what systems and tell me about how, well, the line this and the line that. It doesn't matter. Even when the line holds up, there is not execution worthy 
of a professional football team. And that's where I'll use, you said earlier about, you don't know what you word to use for the performance on Sunday. I would say unprofessional. I don't think those guys came to play. They didn't look like they wanted to play. I agree with you. I don't think anybody quit, but certainly I sent you a clip of, of, of Trayvon Morig on a play on the touchdown uh, in the first half. It looked like he was jogging towards the end of that play. Now, I get it. A guy's going to there, but you want to see 100% effort. And I don't know what's going on. But as I said, it smells like a fish market in that Raiders locker room. Something just ain't right, Mo. Can we be honest about something? Mm -hmm. And I I wanted to say this for the show and not do it on Twitter because I would be answering tweets all day. But (laughs) when the defense doesn't play well, people have no issues calling out the defense. People have no issues saying, oh, Trayvon Merrick didn't have a good game. Nate Hobbs didn't have a good game. This player didn't have a great game. Patrick Graham needs to do a lot better. And we acknowledge that when a defense doesn't play well and they give up a bunch of points early or they play half of a football game, we're the first ones to say the defense has to be a lot better. And we're not excusing the defense. But what I don't like is when the offense doesn't play well, people are afraid to criticize the offense because Derek Carr's on that side of the ball. So people <laughs> don't want to people don't want to criticize the offense because they know the conversation is going to sh- shift to Derek Carr. Now, we when even when the offense doesn't play well, but we feel like Derek Carr had a good game, we often say, okay. This isn't on Derek Carr. Derek Carr did what he was supposed to do, and the offense didn't execute. Darren Waller dropped passes, or you know this player didn't run the right route, or the offensive line played poorly. We're we're quick to say that this isn't on Derek Carr. In this case, you have Derek Carr. You gave him an extension. I know this is not in his contract, but you you paid. You gave Derek Carr an extension. You acquired Devonta Adams. Gave him him an extension. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. That connection is supposed to be money. What happened? Derek Carr had under under 130 yards, got pulled at the end of a game because the game was out of hand. This is on Derek Carr on the offense. People don't want to say that because they don't want to criticize Derek Carr. They don't want that conversation. But this is on Derek Carr on the offense and Josh McDaniels, of course. Well, and they don't want to lose an argument, right? So so all the people who don't like Derek Carr, who don't believe in Derek Carr, I'm not talking about the, the argumentative wackos who go crazy about Derek Carr and wish him ill will and all that stuff. I'm just talking about people who legitimately like Derek Carr. A lot of these people don't want to give in. They don't want to admit when he doesn't perform well. And you look at the game in New Orleans and you look at what Derek Carr was doing. I, I called it out too, as did others. Hey, he's underthrowing the ball. He's overthrowing the ball. The, on, on the first drive, the, 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 the pass to Matt Collins was a bad throw. If he hits that throw, it's a touchdown. Okay, so and then the interception, the bounce off interception into double coverage underthrown. So so look, you cannot make excuses for that. And I saw people after the game make excuse. Well, he was under pressure the whole game. Yeah, guess what? Every quarterback's under pressure. Okay, and the throws we're talking about, he wasn't under pressure. (laughs) So so you can't have it both ways like that. And I agree. I think there's a lack of honesty and a lack of admitting when things aren't working well. And I want to talk in the next segment, too, specifically about the Derek Carr situation, because you mentioned the contract. But this offense, to me, all the money spent on the offense, you can't tell me, you know, where I asked it on the postgame show, where's Hunter Renfro? 
Foster Moreau was there, but Derek Carr looked skittish in this game. He looked like he wanted to get rid of the ball as fast as he could, although he's still taking over three seconds to get rid of the ball, uh, which which ranks at the bottom tier of the NFL when you look at the top 15 quarterbacks. So, so you look at that and you say to yourself, what's going on? And Josh McDaniels, yes, blame the coach. Absolutely. But the issue here, though, is they still execute on the field. The, the coach cannot go on the field and do it for you. What are you seeing here? I mean, if we had the answer, we could tell them and hopefully they would fix it, but we know that's not going to happen. But Mo, you look at this team and and you have to look at the culture that's being built. It's a new regime. And Murph brought it up on the show on Sunday. This team, all that they went through last year, never gave up. They fought hard. Uh, they won some games by the skin of their teeth and they got in the playoffs. This year, it doesn't look like anybody's having fun out there. It doesn't look like anybody has any intensity do you, do you look past the coach there, or is that does that stop at his desk? Part of it is the coach. And I hate when people say, oh, these players are making millions, so they, don't, they shouldn't need any type of, you know, a push or any type of, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, leadership to get yeah. them to play hard. And I will say this. I've, if you've ever been around someone who's at a good job, right, they're making great money, mm -hmm. six figures. Even even the richest people need motivation. There's yes. a word called complacency. Mm -hmm. And I will say in the NFL, other players would tell you, not all players in the NFL play for the same reason. Some guys like what the game gives them as far as access to things and money and stuff like that. But on game day, it's just kind of like, eh, well, I'll go out there and I'll just suit up. But I'm going to get paid anyway. <laughs> even the richest people need motivation. Sure. The, billion, the billionaires out there, you see, they need motivation. So don't tell me that the Raiders don't need leadership. That's number one. To answer your question, number two, what got me angry Monday morning, Josh McDaniels on his Monday presser said, basically said every team, um, teams loses lose games. Yeah. Every team loses games on, you know, on Sundays or whatever. And my, my response to that was I, I nearly blew a gasket and I had a, a series of tweets after he, after that big taper, I think put the quote out. And I responded, and I was like, what type of response is that? Now, people say, oh, that's just coach speak. He's not going to give much to the media. I get that. But some the good coaches talk to their players through the media, too. I've seen Andy Reid do it. I've seen even Belichick as short and cringe as he is. He does it. The good coaches talk to their team through the media when the message is not getting through in the locker room because clearly something is not getting through in the Raiders locker room. And when you have a quote like that saying, yeah, well, teams lose every Sunday. <laughs> There's a difference between losing and, I, as I said on Twitter, getting your butt kicked. And the Raiders got their butt kicked on Sunday. And when you turn in a performance like that, it needs to you need to turn it up a little bit because, obviously, you're 2-5. and five, You lose that game in that situation, 24-0. to I know the games have been competitive, but I also pointed out that the Raiders have either started slow or given up three possession leads in every game this season except for the Denver Broncos. With the exception of the Denver Broncos game, which they played exceptionally well in that game, put up 32 points, gave up 23, they have started slow early in the game and had to dig themselves out of a hole, or they botched big leads. The Cardinals, the Chiefs, up 17-plus yeah. points in both those games a loss. So you cannot tell me there's, an, there's not an urgency problem in that locker room. And when he has a quote like that, it's a big deal. Now, the Raiders were 5-2 and two 
four and three, I wouldn't make a big deal of a quote because I would say, well, the product on the field doesn't reflect that. But the product on the field reflects that the team has an issue with urgency and it's very clear to me. Yeah, and I keep hearing these things about, well, the Raiders are better than their record. No, they're not. Clearly they're not. The close losses, it doesn't matter. They're losses, okay? Now, they talked a lot about that going to the broadcast, and, and I, too, was irked by Josh McDowell. I'm irked by him because he's not Bill Belichick. He can't be in a press conference in his first year back as a, as a, as a head coach and be as deadpan as Bill Belichick. That guy's got seven, six rings, right? So he can kind of do it. He's earned that. He's there. Um, Josh, Josh McDaniels is so void of any intensity himself. And I'm not saying he's got to be Mike Ditka up there. I'm not saying that at all. But to your point, when you ask a question, a pointed question, well, we're just, you know, we believe in these guys. Look, hey, the aw shucks, we believe in everybody. The crap doesn't work because it hasn't worked. Okay. You're two and five. You're two and five. You're halfway through the season and you went way backwards in a game two weeks after your bye. So the excuses and all of this stuff that's happening now, I'm not in the boat of a lot of Raider Nation. And I know you you commented on this publicly uh, yesterday, Mo, which is Josh McDaniels is not going to get fired. I don't care how many meetings. Now, if they go on and lose four more games and people are quitting on the field and it's so evident, yeah, maybe. But I just don't see that happening. I He makes it through the season. After that, I don't know. Depends how it all uh, ties up. If they end the season winning five in a row, you never know. You're on an upswing. But right now, I think that you have to look at the organization. If you're if you're Josh McDaniels, you're Dave Ziegler, you got to have a conversation and say, okay, what do we do now? What do we do right now that's going to have a significant impact to reach these players? Is it benching guys? You bet your butt it is, okay? Is it changing out guys, giving other people opportunities? Yeah, because guess what? You can think that was your best lineup, but they're not performing. If you're not performing, hey, if I got a person on my team that I manage— Mo, and they're not managed. If I had a writer and he's covering the NFL and his stuff is coming in late, it's not very good. Uh, he's doing the minimum, but he's not really generating any interest in what we're writing about over at Bleacher Report or Sports Not, wherever I may be. Then guess what? I'm going to give him a, uh, the assignment to somebody else who wants it more, who's going to do it. Might not be the best writer, but they're going to give me a better effort and they're going to have a better outcome because of that. Um, is that where we're at now, too? Do you think that as a coach, I don't, I don't get any signs from him he's willing to do that. But if it was me, that's what I would be considering. I said it after the game Sunday. The Raiders have to change something. You cannot keep the status quo after that performance in that spot. And again, people are going to go back and say, well, they've been competitive up until that point. Every game up until that point was close. My response to that is when you drop down to two and five and you get that type of performance, you have to do something. You have to shake it up because there's no way you get up to the – you. You go down 24-0, you lose 24-0, and then you get to the podium and go, well, you know, every team, you know, team lose, teams lose games all the time. <laughs> that that's just not that's just not the response that you need for a two and five team that had playoff expectations. Now, if you weren't expected to be much, if you were expected to be a four and thirteen team, a three and fourteen team that's rebuilding, I get it. But you didn't bring Devontae Adams. Chandler Jones, re-sign Derek Carton extension, give Max Crosby an extension, give Hunter Renfro an extension, give Darren Wall an extension. To go, oh shucks, you know, it happens. You know, we lose games every Sunday. You know, you had a you had a clunker. We, you know, we'll be fine. Hey, we're past that point now. If you yeah. if you had dropped down to four and three, three and four, I would understand. 
You are now two and five. And at this point, unless you go on some miraculous run and rattle off six wins in a row, you're probably not going to make the playoffs. So you're probably right. going to, you're probably going to take a step back from last year. And last year you had less talent on the roster than you had significantly less talent mm -hmm. than you had on the roster this year. Now I know schedules are different, but with the talent you have on the roster and the extensions that you gave out, you should be better than two and five. Absolutely. And you brought up the offense and we're going to save that. We're going to take our first break right now here on silver and black today. Uh, and then when we come back, we're going to talk specifically, we're going to dive deeper on the offense. I want to get down to some nitty gritty on that one. Uh, not only are they coming off their worst performance of the season, but there's a lot of question marks there uh, from quarterback to offensive line to play calling, you name it. So we're going to get into that. Uh, by the way, make sure you, if you don't already subscribe to the podcast, please do that for us. Uh, you can do that wherever you get your podcast. Just hit uh, subscribe and then turn on the auto download. That way, anytime there's a new show, you will get it right on your phone or your other device, your iPad and whatever you're listening on. We certainly appreciate that as well. All right. When Mo and I come back, we're going to get into the offense. What's going on with this heavily loaded and invested in offense for the Raiders? It continues to sputter. We'll talk about that next here on Silver and Black Today. Don't go anywhere.